0: You're looking for someone like that, but are they looking for somebody like you? Um, Bobby and Becky have been married for uh, about nine years, and they're they're awesome, but I, I felt like that's a a good example of you know how we, we have our expectations of what we want, and <laughs> they could be a little crazy sometimes. So who's ready for this series? When worlds collide I've been preparing almost two weeks for this, and uh, I, I pray that that I could bring it the way that God spoke it to me. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Then the Lord God said to, he said, it is not good for man to be alone, so I will make a helper for him. Verse 20. But Adam, for him, there was no suitable helper found in the garden. So the Lord caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed him up the place with his flesh. And then the Lord made a woman from his rib, and he had taken out of the man, and he brought her, Eve, from the man. And he said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman. Woe, man. Anyone ever say, say, good guys, you see a good, "Woe, man. That's what I say every time I see my wife. <laughs> whoa, man. And she was taken out of Adam. And that is why man leaves his father and mother, and is united to his wife. And the two become one flesh. How I many you know that I, I found this out pretty soon in life, I'm sure you did, that men and women are different. Can I get an amen? I, I, I mean, we're, we're different creatures. We're, we, we, have different tendencies we have different hormones we are uh, different in our emotions we are we are different people and 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 a lot of times when our worlds collide our differences collide so often because we expect things to happen the way that we think they should because we're coming at it from a different perspective um, I, I thought about the best example from my life that I could give but rather than put myself on a cross and crucify myself with giving an example from my life I thought I would find an example example. example from a Friends episode. So if we could just roll a little bit of Friends to show you the differences between men and women. Take it away. The guy's version takes place around a pizza box and Ross said, and then I kissed her. And then Joey said, tongue or no tongue? And he said, tongue. And then Joey said, all right, cool. And then they kept eating the pizza. Um, They do it much better than I do, but we're different, aren't we? We're different creatures, and and God knew what he was doing when he made us. Uh, The title of uh, this morning's sermon, I want to call it, Put a Cape on It. Put a Cape on It. And this series is for everybody. This sermon uh, is for everybody, whether you are Married, single, divorced, you're a widow, you want to be married someday. No matter where you are in life, this sermon is for you. And, and I know a lot of times, you know, you hear a relationship series and, and you already say, you know, I know what the pastor's going to say. He's going to tell me i got to wait to find a man. He's going to tell me i got to wait. I've been waiting this long, but you know what? Uh, let's just go to God's Word. And if you have a problem, you could take it up with Him. Matthew chapter... 6. This is the Sermon on the Mount, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And I don't think it's really talked about a lot in relationships, but I believe it's key to us having healthy relationships, having prosperous relationships and healing. So uh, I'm going to start in verse... 31. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What do we wear? For that's what the pagans do. They talk about these things. They worry about these things. But your heavenly father, he knows how to give you gifts. He knows how to take care of you. So your job is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things that you're desiring are going to be added unto you. So you don't have to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. And each day has enough trouble of its own. You don't need to add to it. And then It continues on, Jesus in his monologue, and and he just goes from that verse until chapter 7, verse 1, and uh, this is the scripture that um, a lot lot of people that, you know, act a little crazy, smoke a lot of pot, say, do not judge, (laughs) do not judge, for you too will be judged, For in the same way that you judged others, you will be judged. And with measure you use, it will be measured to you. Do I hear an amen? Amen. How many love that verse? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that you have in your own eye? Worry about yourself judging me. Look at you. Look at your struggles. Maybe your struggles aren't necessarily on the outside, but you got a plank of blackness in your heart. How can you say to your brother, let me take this speck out of your own eye when all the time you have a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. Dang, yo. <laughs> Jesus is rough, man. <laughs> you hypocrite. Uh, it's, it's interesting how so many people, they, they say, I don't want to go to church uh, because it's full of hypocrites. Well, we got room for one more. <laughs> because I mean if we all get down to it we're all hypocrites folks every single one of us front to back and and he says you hypocrite first take the plague out of your own eye so that you could clearly see and remove the speck from your brother's eye do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs I almost called this sermon get your pearls back some of you, you have given your pearls to some pigs, and, and God says, Don't you don't have to do that? If you knew who you are in Christ, you wouldn't be giving your pearls to pigs so that they trample underneath their feet and turn to pieces. But this is what God says ask, and it shall be given to you, seek, and you will find, knock, and it shall be opened. To you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. I pray, Father, that we will get new revelation on our life, Lord God, new revelation on how to have healthy relationships, how to see restoration take place in our lives, Lord God, and prepare ourselves for what you have already prepared for us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. I I found out real quick in marriage that I cannot control what my wife says or does. And, and I have found out, being a pastor uh, almost 12 years, that so much of our frustration, so much of what we go through in life, revolves around things that we cannot control. I cannot tell you every time I sit down to counsel somebody, everything that comes out of their mouth is is he said this, she said that. They're not doing this for me. They're always, they never. And I look at them and I say, how does that have anything to do with what you can control? You are giving the keys to your emotions to somebody else to drive. But there is one thing that you can control. You can control what you focus on. That no matter what is going on in your life, you can control what you focus on. And if you learn to focus on the right things, if you learn to focus on what God has has spoken over your life, I am telling you that you will be in a place to have healthy relationships. So the first thing I want to talk about uh, is, is about focusing more on who you are becoming than who you are looking for. This is, for, this is for singles. Focus more on who you are looking, not on who you're looking for, but on who you are becoming. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto you. When you begin to know God, you begin to know yourself. See, that is where a good relationship starts. Jesus said, the greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. If you want to be able to have healthy relationships, it starts by having a relation, a healthy relationship with your creator. Because as you get to commune with God and know God and come to church and read about what he says in his Bible about you, suddenly you begin to know who you are. Suddenly you begin to be secure in who you are. Why? Because you know God. And as you know God, you could become who he created you to be. I, I put on, on Facebook, anybody have any, any uh, questions that they want to see addressed in this series? Somebody said, is there anything that you would have done better or, or focused on more before you got married? And, and this was my answer. Uh, yes, the best way to be healthy in a marriage, the, the best way to have a healthy marriage Is by being a healthy single. That's it. Happiness is not finding the right person. Happiness is becoming the right person. Okay, a a, a couple people, I'll, I'll put it like this. If you're not that right person and you find that right person, what do you think you're gonna do to that poor right person? (laughs) <laughs> because I, I found that out in my life because I, I in high school um, who, who in here if, if you're comfortable has been cheated on before okay I, I remember uh, my senior year I thought I was in love <laughs> God, I was not in love. I didn't know what love was at the age of 18. No, no, no offense to 18-year-olds, but you know, you got to grow up a little bit sometimes. And so I, I thought I was in love at 18, and uh, I went away to college, and uh, I, I was so in love with this girl, man. It, it, was, it was incredible, the relationship we had. I went away to college, and I'll never forget first fall semester. I'm calling her every single day. All of a sudden, she's not calling me back as quick as she used to be all of a sudden, you know, it's it's like sketchy when you talk to them on the phone. You could tell, right? You, I mean, you just get that sense that like something's not right. I'm in college freshman year. I'm in love with this girl back in New Jersey. And and then all of a sudden, uh, I, I get the, 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 the phone call. We need to talk. And, and she starts telling me how she met this other guy. And and he's this and that. And I just want to punch him in the face. And I was like, where is he? Is he bigger than me? Because I'll mess him up. And I actually found out he was bigger than me. So I was like, okay, maybe won't go that direction. Uh, you know, but I, I, was so, I was so devastated in my heart. I was so hurt. I was wounded. Uh, I know that some of you have been wounded so much more in your own personal life by men, by women who have cheated on you, who have hurt you. But for me, at the point in my life, I was so hurt. And I was so wounded. And I made a, a decision at 18 years that I was never going to allow a woman to do that to me again. And so I lived throughout college trying to do that to other women because I didn't want to ever open up myself to allow them to do that to me. So I said, you know what, if that was done to me, I'm I'm going to give what was done to me to other people. And and throughout college, I was not a good person. I was not a good boyfriend. I, I was not, I did not treat women the way that they deserved and should have been treated. But the reason I did that was because I was wounded in my own heart. And and I was not ready To be in a healthy relationship with anybody. And I am so thankful that before I met Diamond and before I began a relationship with Diamond, I began a relationship with the Lord. Because when I began a relationship with the Lord, suddenly He began to heal my broken heart. Suddenly I began to know who I was in Him. That I wasn't wounded. That I wasn't rejected by a woman who didn't want me. That I was chosen. I was not forsaken in the same way that we sang this morning. And suddenly as I began to see restoration take place in my heart at 22 years old, I was able to be in a relationship with Diamond because what happens is if you get in a relationship with somebody else and you still have your issues. And you're so insecure. And you have trust issues. And you're so angry all the time. And you think somehow that if I meet somebody that that's gonna fix me. That that's gonna fix my insecurity. That that's gonna fix my anger issues. That that's gonna fix my trust issues. I say it every single time I officiate a wedding to anybody, I tell them right off the bat, Jerry Maguire is a liar. He is the worst marriage counselor Who has ever lived that you do not complete each other? It's a reason Tom Cruise has been divorced four times. (laughs) Because we we think somehow that if I I have my broken heart and you have your broken heart, that if we get together, our our two halves are going to make a whole. Two halves don't make a whole. Two halves make hell. And some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Because if you think that person is going to fix your insecurity, there is no way, Diamond, that you were going to fix my insecurity. Because I found out that marriage doesn't comp- This is what marriage does. Marriage, marriage puts a cape on it. If you like them, then you're going to put a cape on it. You know, I, that, that's, what, that's what marriage does. Because if you're insecure and you get married, if you're insecure and you get a boyfriend, if you get a girlfriend, you know what you're going to turn into? Super insecure. You think you were angry before you got in that relationship? And you get in that relationship thinking that they're going to fix your, you're going to turn into super angry Mr. or Mrs. Super trust issues. That's why it's all about i got to have a relationship with God vertically so that I can begin to have a right relationship with others around me. It starts with getting my own heart healed before I ever think that I could be in a relationship healthy with somebody else. Do I hear an amen? i got to be more focused on who I'm becoming than who I'm finding. Unfortunately, that's it's not the case so many of us. I'm so lonely. So lonely, Pastor. I've been single for whatever. And and I'm so lonely and I'm tired. Tired of waiting. You know what's interesting is I have counseled so many married couples who would tell me that I am more lonely now that I am married than before I ever got married. So if you think being in a relationship, even though your heart is still so broken and you still have so many struggles of insecurity that suddenly that's going to fill that void inside of you, it's going to make you super lonely. Because at one point you get married and you, you, you say, you're all I need. Five years in, you're in a, a cave of loneliness Because you can't even open up yourself to that person because you have so many trust issues in your own heart. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all of these things shall be added unto you. I want to tell somebody, get in a relationship of purpose, not of preference. So often we get tired and we get in a relationship of preference. We get in a relationship of convenience because I'm so tired, I'm so weary, I I feel like I, I need somebody to complete me, but they're not attached to your purpose. They are gonna magnify every insecurity in your life. You're gonna get in a relationship with that person that God never intended for you to be in a relationship with them, and all of a sudden they're gonna speak to every insecurity in your life. Checking their phone every five minutes. He changed his code. Must be cheating on me. (laughs) Following him. Finding discrepancies in his stories. And and that is not your character. You're amazing. You're a child of God. And and, and he's got you all bent out of shape. Why? Because you got in a relationship out of preference and not purpose. And guys, I, I have to say, you can have such an amazing woman and not even know it. Because you have so much hurt in your own heart. And you, you feel like you have to be the one to, to, to bring what people have done to you on other people. Gentlemen, we need to straighten out and realize the gift that we have in a good woman of God. And not just look for sexy Susan, but look for Steady Betty in our life, because I want a woman that's going to be with me five years in, ten years in, that it's not just going to give up when things get tough, when I'm not making the same paycheck I made in one season as another. I want a woman that's going to be able to stand with me through every season, and if she's all- about what's on the outside and how you look. That's an indication that when you don't look good anymore and you start going bald and you start getting fat, that she's going to be out the door looking for sexy Steve. Number two. Who's ready for number two? I promise I'm going to offend every single person in this church. It's going to hurt you and then it's going to help you. Number two, looking for a relationship, especially an intimate relationship. Look for patterns, not potential. So often when we get tired and and, and we start letting our insecurities dictate our our moves, we start just looking for potential in people. Potential. Potential is so, it it just is potential. You don't know if it's going to happen or not. And if you're banking a relationship on potential, that is a weak foundation to start a relationship with somebody on. They got so much potential. They're so laid back, which is code for lazy if you marry them. (laughs) But I mean, don't look for potential. Look for patterns. I know, I know they, they got potential, but they also have thousands of dollars of credit card debt. And if you look at that pattern that produced the debt, what do you think is going to happen when you get in a marriage with that person and you're broke the rest of your entire life, going bankrupt, swimming in debt, because you look for potential and not a pattern. And the reason why, number two, people get divorced is money. Uh, but he, he's got so much potential. But... He, ha- he has a pattern of looking at pornography every single day. And, and I think that that pattern has more to do with the future of that relationship than any potential that you see in him. Because what, what happens? psychologists tell us, people that view pornography on a regular basis, it affects their ability to be intimate in bed with their wife. And it's going to affect the sex life of that marriage, psychologists tell us. And the number one reason why people get divorced is, it's okay, you can say it. Yeah, that's right. Sexual issues, number one reason why. People get divorced. Not saying that that person has to be perfect. Not saying that, but what I am telling you is, if you still have things in your own life that you think that that man or that woman is gonna fill in you, don't just jump in bed with them because of potential. Don't just jump in a relationship because of potential. Understand that there are patterns in that person's life that are not indicative of the man or the woman that you want to marry. Don't. This isn't what Joanna Gaines fix her upper. I want to find a fixer-upper man, a fixer-upper woman. Are you kidding me? You can't even fix your own soul. How do you think you're going to fix anybody else's? There, there was this, this incredible woman in the Bible. Her name was Ruth. And, and Ruth was a Matthew six thirty three woman. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And this woman, Ruth, she was, she was single, but she wasn't desperate. She was single, but she had purpose with her life. She was single, and she wasn't out looking for a man every single place that she went. She was out looking for God's purpose in her life. And this is something that she said when she went through a trauma in her life. Ruth, chapter 1. Uh, she said, look, Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people. Go back with her, Ruth go back, leave me, is what Naomi was saying. This is what Ruth said. She said, don't urge me to leave you or turn my back from you, because where you go, I will stay. And your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die. And where I will be buried in that same place. And may the Lord deal with me severely if I ever separate. Let me, let me say this. Don't get in a relationship with a quitter. Don't get in a relationship with someone that has a pattern to quit jobs and and, and a pattern to blame everybody else for their issues. Don't get in a relationship with that person. What do you think they're going to do in the relationship with you when things get tough? Ruth wasn't like that. Ruth said, you know what? I, I am committed to find God's purpose for my life. Your God shall be my God and she went to this this foreign country and and she began serving she began working in the field she was working hard she was serving she knew that she had a purpose with her life and then all of a sudden in the middle of her serving and working that this guy his name was his name was Boaz anyone ever remember this guy Boaz in the bible Boaz was the man Boaz was handsome Boaz was kind Boaz was wealthy Boaz was a hard worker Boaz was not a quitter Boaz was a man that you want to be able to find with all those qualities. And Ruth didn't find him at, out frolicking because that she was so insecure that she didn't have a plus one when she would go to a wedding anymore. And she had a, enough bouquets that she caught at weddings to create a whole forest in her back backyard. She wasn't like that. She said, you know what? I'm serving God. And in the midst of her doing that, Boaz shows up. Wait on your Boaz. Fortunately, a lot of times, we get so tired that, that we don't wait. We don't wait anymore because it's, it's been so long and, and, and I'm getting weary. But Boaz has relatives. Did you know that? Boaz has a lot of different relatives. I, I found this on the internet. And you start looking for Boaz, but after a while, you start settling for Boaz's relatives. B O A Z, say B O A Z. And he's got relatives. Broke ass, lying ass, cheating ass, dumb ass, drunk ass. I hope you didn't date that. That was cheap ass, good for nothing ass, lazy ass, and even his third cousin, beating yo ass. But wait on your Boaz and make sure he respects your ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not cussing. I'm AZ, come on now. you. I wouldn't do that to you. But I'm telling you that you will start settling for those people. If you don't have relationship with God, if you don't have purpose with your life, if you're so insecure because you don't have a plus one, you're going to start settling for your preference and not God's purpose over your life. And you are a child of the king. You are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you deserve fine china and not eaten out of a bowl. You deserve pearls and not pigs. Do I hear an amen? Wait on your Boaz. You still love me? Are you getting something out of this sermon? Look for patterns. Number three. You got to focus not on, on what they're not, but focus on what they got. Now I'm going to kind of transition to, to the merry people in here. Focus on what you got, not on what they're not. Because whatever you focus on, you will magnify. And so many times we focus on everything that's wrong with him, with her. All the issues in this marriage, all the issues in this relationship, we take a big old magnifying glass and we just criticize and is critical about every little thing in that person that we don't like. You know what we should do? We should do that more in dating than when we're married. (laughs) When you're dating, it's so funny. We overlook things all the time. But now you're married and you start examining everything 24-7. And this is what happens. Whatever you focus on, you put a cape on. What this represents, a cape is authority. A cape is strength. Whatever you focus on, you give strength to. Whatever you focus on, you give authority to in your marriage. And if you choose to focus on the things that are wrong with her, wrong with him, then you are going to allow that to be magnified and grow in that marriage and in that relationship. And I, I know this because I, I went through it. I know that 11 years is nothing to a lot of people, but I've been through things. All right? I've been through things. I remember when we first got married, both of us, we were so opposite in so many ways. When we first got married, <laughs> we, two halves made hell in that house, I'll tell you what. And, and I remember so many fights that we would get in. And, and, you know, all of us have enough issues where people need a subscription just to be a part of our life. And that was the same for me. And, I mean, one, one question we should ask before we get in a relationship with somebody is, what kind of crazy are you? <laughs> Because we're all crazy, you know I realized getting in a relationship with Diamond, she's loud crazy. I'm quiet crazy, but it's the quiet crazy people you got to watch out for. (laughs) Because they'll sneak up on you, you don't even see it coming. (laughs) And and so I didn't know what to do with this woman. This woman I married and and we're we're living together and and uh, we're getting in fights and, and, and I never really gotten like a like a screaming match with anybody. You know, my mom would just sing the Proverbs to me when she would get angry at me, you know. <laughs> and so, and so I, got, I got Diamond. She's stomping her feet. She's clapping her hands in my face. I'm like, what is happening? You know, and, <laughs> and, and then she would go. She'd lock herself in the bathroom. And, and I'm like trying to get in there, but got the crowbar out. Like, are you okay? She's like, I don't want to see you. I'm like, I'll, I remember one time, we got in such a bad flight, and I had to, like, just remove myself from the situation. Anybody ever, you know, you have to remove yourself from the situation. And, and so, uh, it, it got so bad, I'm like, I got to get out of here. And, and I run out the door, and, and I'm like, I got to go for a drive. I just got to get, get some air. I go out the door. I realize after I shut the door that I'm in my underwear, and I forgot my keys. <laughs> And, and, and then pride got a hold of me, and I'm like, I'm not knocking on that door. I'm getting her to answer the door. So I'm just going to sit out here for 20 minutes and tell her that I went for a ride, when in fact I just sat out here in my underwear for 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, you got crazier stories than I do about what happened in your marriage. And we got plenty more where that came from the mo- next Sunday. But, but I remember what, what we did, and, and we, look, we, we still have so many issues. Um, I mean we went we went to bed so angry at each other so many times, Um, but we never woke up angry. That was that was the way God helped us process through things. But I remember the switch that we made was we began focusing on what we have and not what we're lacking. And. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I, I have a list, I actually keep it in my phone, of these, these things about Diamond that, that I love. And when I'm mad at her, I go, I go to my list and I start reading it. Loves God more than me, forgives me even when I hurt her, lets me be myself, loving mother to Judah and Lily. Prayer warrior, best encourager I ever had in my life, covers my flaws, sacrifices her preference, love her laugh, makes me laugh. She's not a quitter, loves all of me and knows all of me. And, and I found that when I, when I start focusing on what I have, I put a cape on my wife. I don't magnify what she's not. I don't magnify what she lacks because we all lack something. You're not going to find a perfect man. You're not going to find a perfect spouse. They are going to have issues and flaws and struggles. That's why they need to love Jesus more than they love you. Because I can't help her with her struggles. Only God can But when I choose to magnify what she's got, suddenly I can see restoration happen. Suddenly we could get through things that we couldn't get through before because I'm choosing to magnify what she has. I'm choosing to magnify the good things in her life. And maybe there's just five good things that you could find in her or two good things that you could find in him. Notice I went five and two. (laughs) But if you focus on those... You are going to be able to get through valleys, I'm telling you. Because where you magnify, it will grow. And if you magnify the strengths in your husband, the strengths in your, it it is amazing as a wife what you could get your husband to do if you just compliment him and build him up. It's amazing the work around the house that you could get him to do if you don't criticize him for always the things that he doesn't do around the house, but start magnifying and thanking him, telling him how sexy he is when he's fixing that thing in the sink, and honey take your shirt off next time you do. I appreciate that. I'm telling you it will motivate him to want to be a better husband if he has As a wife that he knows isn't going to be criticizing him for every flaw in his life, I'll tell you, as a man, that is so defeating. As a man, if if you're criticized for what you do, it makes you just want to crawl in a cave and get away. But if you could be a wife that builds up your husband, that loves him for what he's got and what not for what he doesn't have, you are going to be able to see him grow and be stronger and get through things. Something, my, I mean, my, my, it is her best quality. Because so often, I mean, I, th- I feel like men can relate to this. You f- I-, I feel a lot of times like I'm not doing anything good because I'm doing so many things. And and it, it was around Christmas time. I remember I had bronchitis. I don't know if you guys. I, I preached Christmas and uh, New Year's Eve uh, with bronchitis, and that, that whole week, I-, I was I was sick as a dog. It was Christmas. I had to put all the toys together for the kids. And, and on top of putting all the toys together with, with the kids, uh, I had to prepare a sermon for Sunday. And I, I remember like that week, I felt like I wasn't doing anything good. Like I should be a better father. I should be a better pastor. I, I should, but but I'm, I'm not feeling well. And I, I, it's just like one of those moments where you're low. And, and I'm so thankful that I have a wife that knows how to lift me up and not push me over. And, and I remember that that week... She just began telling me, like, like, honey, you you are my hero, she told me. Honey, honey I, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you're such a great father and you're such a great pastor and you put these sermons together and you work so hard and you're able to be disciplined about these things. And, and it just it just lifted my spirit so much and gave me the strength to be able to get up here on a Sunday morning with bronchitis and be able to preach God's word. It's because of her. Every time I get up here with a microphone, it's not just me preaching. It's my wife up here preaching because she's the one that got me through the week in order to prepare and get through all the hell that I go through during the week. There's a lot of heaven too. I'm not trying to paint that grim of a picture. And then this is my last point. Because a lot of times we want to examine everything wrong in them. And we get our magnifying glass out or... We, we uh, start putting the cape on all the wrong things. But what we really need to do, every single one of us, is pick up one of these. Before you could tell anyone to get a speck out of their own eye, why don't you take a look at the plank that's in your own eye? Because you're going to realize that, man, I'm trying to change him. I'm trying. I'm trying to change her, and it's not working. Well, you know what? If you want to see change happen in your life, and it's not working, the, the, trying to change them, why don't you look in the mirror and say, maybe if I can't change them, maybe I could change myself. I, I love the way that the king of pop said, I'm going to kind of modify it. If you want to make your marriage a better place, you better take a look in the mirror and make a... That's right. That's right. If you want a better marriage, take a look in the mirror and make a change. Don't pick up a magnifying glass and make a change. Pick up a mirror and make a change. It starts with me. And, and I found the reason I see specks in other people's eyes is because it's an indication of what's in my own life. I'm not a carpenter, but it's interesting that that a speck and a log all come from the same source. And I realize so often the things that I criticize in other people is often an indication of who I am. I was being really hard on Judah this week, doing his homework. And and Diamond, you know, corrected me and said, you you can't, you know, why are you so hard on him? And, and I prayed about it, and, and I took it humbly. But take, take, take criticism humbly. So, sometimes, e- even if your initial reaction is to be defensive, listen. And I listened. And I talked to God, and, and, and God showed me the, the reason I'm so critical on my son is because I'm so critical on myself. I'm so hard on myself. And so if I want to be a better dad, i got to be a better me. It starts with, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Because when you know God, you're going to know yourself. When you could receive forgiveness from God, you could receive forgiveness to forgive yourself. It starts by allowing God to come in your life. Then the next one, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. That, that's a command, but I feel like that's also an indication that the way you love other people is the way you love yourself. And and if you're always critical of other people, if you're always judgmental of other people, that's an indication of how you love yourself. So before you could ever love anybody else, before you could ever get in a relationship that's healthy in in, in your life, the first thing you have to do is learn how to forgive yourself, learn how to love yourself, So that you could turn around and love others. It starts vertical. My relationship with God, vertical. But that doesn't complete the cross. What completes the cross is when I take what I've received received vertically and start giving it out to the people around me. Are you more interested in who you are becoming? Than what you are looking for. Because when you can make that decision, God create in me a clean heart and an upright spirit, then suddenly I could become a better husband. I could become a better wife. I could become a better coworker, a better friend. It doesn't start with everybody else changing. It starts by you picking up a mirror and saying, God, take the speck out of my eye. I can't, I can't help other people until I first receive it from you, God. Some of you, you're trying to be so, so much to other people. You're trying to fix other people, and you can't even fix your own heart and your own soul. It starts with me. Let's bow our heads right now. Father, we thank you so much for this morning, Lord God. God, I pray for every single right now. I want to I pray for, for the singles right now. If you're single with every head bowed, every eye closed, just lift your hand up right now. If that's you if you're single. If you're single, God, you see these hands right now, Father God. You know their hearts, Lord God. I pray that this morning, Father, you will begin to complete them, Lord God. That there is no other person that completes them. It is only through you, Father God. I pray right now, Lord, that you will give them security in their own heart, Lord God. That they don't have to find it in any man or any woman, Lord God. But they could find it in you, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to protect that spouse that you have picked out for them, Lord God. That they won't just jump out, grab any guy, any girl. But they're going to wait for their Boaz. They're going to wait for the one that you have set apart for them, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that even in this lonely season of their life, they have a high priest who could sympathize with what they're going through. For you in the Garden of Gethsemane, you were so lonely and under pressure that you sweat drops of blood. You were so lonely that your father, your Heavenly Father, turned his back on you, Lord God. You can empathize with them, Lord God. Strengthen them during this time, Father. I pray that they will know how amazing they truly are. And if if you're if you're in a relationship right now, I just want you to lift your hand. God, you see these hands, Father. I pray this morning, Lord, that they will pick up the mirror if they want to make a change, Lord God. I pray that they will be the one that focuses on what their their spouse has and not what they don't have, Lord God that they will make their list to be able to read and when, they're, when they feel under attack in their marriage, that they'll be able to go to that list and read it and say, these are the things that I'm going to focus on. These are the things that I'm going to build up in my, in my spouse, Lord God. I pray, Father, that that they will become the best version of themselves, Lord God. That they will learn to forgive, Lord God. That they will learn not to keep score, Lord God. That they will learn not to just rush to judgments and and say things like, you never, you always, Lord God. I pray that you will give us grace in the midst of conflict, Lord God. That we will be able to forgive quickly, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that through this series, you will speak to our hearts, Lord God. Speak to our souls. That you, God, are, are a God that joins together. We have a an adversary that wants to separate us, that wants to break apart our marriages and destroy relationships, Lord God. But you are the God who wants us to be joined together, Lord God. But you are the glue that will keep us together, Lord God. It's not going to come through having more money. It's not going to come by having a better house. It's not going to come by having more convenient time. But it is going to come through a right relationship with you, Father God. For the word says, what you join together, let no one separate. That when it's you that joins us together, there's no devil in hell that can separate us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap. I hope that sermon really blessed and encouraged you. And if it did, and you want to support our ministry so we can help these sermons get out to more people, please go to the giving link in the description button below this video. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get instant updates when we upload new sermons and testimonies. God bless.